week on Erotic Awakening, male submissives. How to let your partner know you are kinky and over 3 million customers served. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as simply, simply fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and all things Dan and Don at eroticawakening.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Here we are back in the studio recording on, and although I've called it 9,000 different things, it's a little portable recorder called an H4N Pro. Nice. As long as it works, I'll let you cover the tech stuff. Unlike the three <laughs> different interviews we just did with the same person where the first two did not work. But we weren't using that thing. No, we weren't. We were using something else. We so. For uh, people that do podcasts out there, we're currently playing with an app called Zencaster. Zencaster. Well, it's Zencast <laughs> and then an R just shoved on the end because probably nice. Zencast was already taken. Zencast, uh. side note, it's a great podcast about Buddhism. Ooh. Nothing to do with today. Nothing so to do with today. Today we're going to be talking about how to let your partner know that you are kinky. And then we have a fantastic interview with JT. JT is a male submissive. We had somebody write in to say, you know, I feel a little weird being a male and a submissive. How do I deal with accepting myself as a submissive? I'm a tough looking guy and people expect me to be be a leader, take charge, be tough, make things happen. And JT and I are going to discuss that a little bit. Nice, nice. So I like JT. I do too. We uh, He is actually one of the very few... Uh, male submissives that Master Hank has owned for 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> he did very well, too. Did you guys talk about that during your interview? I believe we did. Yes, good, we did. Good, good, Because I was going to say something, but I'd rather it come from him. So very good. I'm glad you guys talked about that. But um, he does really well when, um, like in substance service. He's mm-hmm. been to the substance service intensive before. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, it does a great job. Before we get into that, though, uh, and our international cast of characters, which we'll talk about in just a moment, uh, I do want to ask you, Don. you know, Don, mm-hmm. I feel kind <laughs> of like on occasion I have these leanings, these urges, these ideas. Do you now? Of things that I might want to try. Oh, yeah? <laughs> How could I let my partner know that I am a kinky bastard? Well, me, you can just flat out and tell me, but that's beside the point. <laughs> this is not even the point, yes. So um, so these are new leanings for you, huh? Are they no, the, no, no. Are they no, on no. the I'm kinky saying, nature? Uh, <laughs> I know. No, so in reality, the way I tell, if I, how I let you know mm-hmm. what I'm interested in is I simply tell you. Right. But if you have a new partner or yes. somebody who, maybe it's even an old partner mm-hmm. that you just haven't had the conversation with, how do you let this partner know that you're kinky? And by the way, this this starting our international thread, this uh, question came from a listener in France. Oh, nice. So um, I guess there's a couple of things that you could do. I tried it by, oh, I tried it by showing my ex-husband my IRC channels and the fact that I was chatting with people about kinky stuff. And then I took him to a live demo. Now, wait a minute. So let's start off with... How did he respond to you chatting with other people with the IRC channels? What kind of channels were you on? I was on very naughty channels. Mm-hmm. I was like on BBWs in Ohio, kinky BBWs in Ohio, um, you know, things like that. So, and uh, IRC channels is how we used to talk to each other on the interwebs. Yes. <laughs> so a long time ago. And he seemed to be okay with that. 
But then I wanted to take him to a demo. Someone on one of the channels invited me to one of the demos. And I remember telling you about mm -hmm. it when we were just friends. Yes. And you were like, woohoo, you go girl, you know, things like that. And when I told the ex-husband, he's like, I guess I'll go. And found out he just really didn't, really didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was how I, I, I did it with the ex-husband. With you, though, once I got the you go girl when I told you what I was going to do, it was soon after that that we were sharing porn. So porn pictures that we had downloaded. Yes. yes. Well, you and I, um, and with our uh, other partners at the time, mm -hmm. were, I don't know how the conversation got there that we were talking about downloading pornography on the interwebs. And we decided to share some pictures back and forth, as you said. Right, right. So, and you were showing some of your pictures, and my now ex-husband, your now ex-wife, <laughs> were ooing and eyeing over the Playboy-style mm -hmm. posed pictures, where I was given in and being a little vulnerable while you were being vulnerable, showing some of the power exchange stuff, and I was being vulnerable with admitting that's what I liked. And both of our partners going, ooh. And, and so here's how, you know, one of the tricks that I did was I had, uh, and again, this is old technology, but you get the, the gist of it regardless. I had a little robot that searched the internet, mm -hmm. news groups, as a matter of fact. And that, and those were actually not Usenet groups, not like Oh, it was a long time things. ago. <laughs> Uh, and would scour the internet and download random pornography. You mm -hmm. know, just anything that it came across, it would download, right? So then you go through it and you, you dump the stuff that you're not interested in. And you end up with a collection of pornography. And what I would do is I would tell my partner and say, hey, you know, the robot went out there and downloaded a bunch of random porn. Go through it with me and mm -hmm. we can, you know, we'll get rid of the stuff we don't like and we'll keep the stuff we do like. Now, if your partner doesn't like looking at naked pictures to start with, this is not a good path. But what it did for me was it allowed me to go through my porn and not commit to liking oh, anything one way or the other, right? Yeah. So we ended up keeping um, a lot of, like you said, you know, straight sex type stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, my partner at the time liked. We'd come across the BDSM stuff or the bondage stuff or the power stuff. And she'd go, oh, okay, I don't know about that one. And it'd be interesting that, you know, there'd be occasionals where she'd be like, oh, okay, let's keep that one. That one's kind of hot. And that kind of opens the doorway to a conversation about what you find exciting and what you don't find exciting. See, I really like that idea, but it really worked for us, right? Yeah. So it worked for us as well, and especially since uh, some of the pictures you had in your collection, I, I also had in my collection. <laughs> now, a lot of people will tell you that the you just do it. Just have the conversation. Let the mm -hmm. chips fly where they are. And I think those are people that are not necessarily been in that situation, mm -hmm. right? It's when you're in a long-term relationship with somebody, especially it's a good relationship. Everything's going great. You just happen to have some unfulfilled desires in there, right? Or just wanting to try out something new. I mean, we know people um, in the community that start, didn't even know they had that desire until they read 50 shades of gray. Mm -hmm. So you can hear bashing about 50 shades of gray, but it's brought some people into our community. And that's how she brought it up to her husband. Hey, I've been reading this book and I was getting kind of a thrill with it. Let's do some research and find out what we can find. And in that manner, they found the community. 
Right. So, and now both of them are heavy into the community and it's part of their life. Sure. So. And, and many people never come to the community per se, but they'll mm-hmm. see Fifty Shades of Grey. They'll sit there together and watch it. They'll both realize that it's turning them on mm-hmm. and say, well, shit, maybe we should try some of this stuff. Yeah. You know? Or go to a naughty bookstore or what do we have here? Lion's Den. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a corner for bondage. Maybe bring up just an eye mask. So, right? But, <laughs> but all that's fine for gently giving you your partner some stuff that's almost acceptable. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Fifty Shades of Grey sold a bajillion copies and millions in movie tickets and all that jazz. What if your kink is cross-dressing? What if your kink is something a little oh, bit more scary out there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you want your partner to be involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's That's much more, that's a scary conversation. That is a scary conversation. Especially something like recognizing there's a difference between I want something and I need something. You know? Right. There's, and we know many people in our community, uh, 50, 60, 70 years old, Mm-hmm. that are cross-dressers, that mm-hmm. waited until they were 50, 60, 70 years old to come out because of whatever situation, right? right. Because they were afraid to tell their spouse. I mean, I, we have one friend who, oh, you know, now that my spouse has passed away, I've decided I'm going to go ahead and start cross-dressing. You know, right. is that really the the, strat- the bright strategy, you know? I don't know. I mean, I know people that have decided that um, they had to come out as cross-dressers, they just could not live because they felt like they were living a lie, mm-hmm. you know? Some have had fantastic responses from their spouses, some not so much. I mean, it is it is risky. It was risky when I came out to my ex-husband, right? So just not something he was interested in, and I learned it was something I needed. Didn't your, your ex-husband respond pretty negatively about who you were as a human? Yeah, he did. So, so that was kind of rough, but... Uh, I found people that responded to me positively as a human, too. Mm-hmm. So, and that was very supportive. So I I moved on. Now, how it do was you, hard. It was not easy. How do you hard. do it with, with the new relationship? So you started a relationship fairly, now a couple of years ago, with uh, who we've referred to on the podcast as Big D. Big D. In two weeks, it'll be four years. Yeah. So how did you let... Well, okay, so that's a bad question. He listened to the podcast, so he already knew. No, that was the one before him. Oh, okay, okay. That was the one before him. So how him. did you let him know? So, uh, And how Big do you D. continue to let him know, for that matter, what you're interested in, what you want to try? Well, with Big D, I thought he was vanilla to begin with, because I found him in the poly world, mm-hmm. right? And we were like five dates in, and I realized, I work slow, and I realized that, um... It was moving into the direction of we were going to have sex. And the idea of vanilla sex again absolutely terrified me because I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I hadn't in the past, right? So with different partners. So I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it. And um, I ended up just writing this long email to him going, I know this is where this is going, but surprise, I'm kinky and I don't think I can do vanilla sex. And if you want to call it off, I'm okay with that. Let's call it off now before I get too involved and blah, blah, blah. So I did this huge email and panicked about it. And then he didn't reply for like five days. So I ended up writing back going, okay, I understand you're thinking about this and, but I can't, uh, you just don't know how to say no and to break it off. So I'm breaking it off for us. And then he wrote back and went, no, 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 I emailed you. And I'm like, no, you didn't. And he came over and he showed me the email and he had. And 
Come to find out, he had a kinky background, too, and just hadn't shared it with me. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of neat. But So there you just put yourself out there. You just you There just... I did. I just laid it flat because I didn't want to invest time into something that wasn't going to be fulfilling for, for either one of us. So, And I really have gotten to the point where I don't think vanilla sex is going to be fulfilling for me. So uh, maybe I just haven't met the right person. I don't know, but I'm definitely into kink. And we've told this story before, Mm -hmm. and this is not intended to be be that self-promotional. But one of the things you can do is simply get a deck of kink starter cards. And he did that before, too. Yeah, with the kink starter cards. I showed up at his house one day, and he flipped out the cards, and he goes, Ha-ha, now you have to use them (laughs) with me. Mm -hmm. So he figured out a little bit that way. Um, I've shared fantasies with him. Uh, I have to be really careful sharing fantasies with them because... um, He'll want to make them happen. And sometimes my fantasies are just fantasies. (laughs) So I have to be very clear. You know, this is fantasy that stays in fantasy land. Mm -hmm. Or this is a fantasy I'd like to try. And sometimes he'll try to make those happen. What if you were to introduce, I had a weird dream last night. Right? Uh Because your partner necessarily isn't going to penalize you for having a dream, right? But if you say, oh, you know what? I had this weird dream about giving George Takai a blowjob last night. (laughs) Your partner might laugh at you or your partner might say, oh, is that so? Tell me more. Tell me more, right. Um, I'm kind of curious. Tell me more. Yeah. So that might be an opportunity as well to introduce, you know, oh, I had this weird dream last night that I was being, that you were spanking me. Uh Uh-huh. I, I was giggling, not because you said George Takai, because it popped into my head. I literally had a dream the other night so <laughs> about Looney Tune sex. Yes. I walked by and someone was watching. I, I walked through a room and someone was watching Looney Tune porn. And um, I asked them, what are you watching? Looney Tune porn? And they said yes. And I woke up going, oh, yeah, I forgot. I like Looney Tune porn. <laughs> I like cartoon porn. So... Yeah, but to share that with somebody, you kind of take a risk, Mm -hmm. you know, because they, you know, you could have said, what the hell do you mean, cartoon porn? What the hell is that? And that's one where I might, (laughs) you know, where where actually I I found it funny, but I didn't find anything in that. There's no need. There's not. It's not a judgmental thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Where I dreamed of dressing in a woman's dress and walking around and all the guys were looking at me and it was really exciting. You know, that might be something where your partner's a little bit more like, oh, what the hell is that about? You know, yeah. or I might say, wow, is that so? Well, I've got a pair of silk panties in there. Let's get started. Mm-hmm. The reality is, so the, the, the last thing about this is, do you, boy, it's all about risk and um, reward. When we share with our partners a vulnerable, intimate thing, like we're kinky, like this is our kink, like we want to be flogged or spank me tie me up right then you are risking damaging that relationship people are weird about sex especially non-standard sex and you may well be uh as well i don't know that this is the only thing that brought i know it's not the only thing that ended the relationship you had with your ex-husband but it was one of the many nails in that coffin coffin Mm -hmm. right so there's always, there is no doubt about it, there is risk to it. The flip side of that is if you do nothing, then at some point you are going to be sitting in a rocking chair thinking, here's what I didn't do. And by the way, we know a lot of people whose stories began 
I told her or she told me and I've always been thinking about that. Or I said, I'm willing to give it a try. Mm-hmm. And now they're invested. And, you know, um, equal partners in a variety of really interesting things. Most of the, matter of fact, all, if you think about it, unless both partners are identified as kinky before they get started, one of them had to open that can of worms. That's very true. And as many people, as many couples as we know in the lifestyle, it sounds like a lot of partners are saying, well, shit, that sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. So... Give it a try. You know, there's ways of doing it. And let us know how it goes. Oh, yeah. You can let us know how it goes via contacting us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or go to the webpage and fill out the got comment form at eroticawakening.com. Other ways to contact us as well as where we will be presenting, i.e. everywhere. Past podcast episodes, link to the newsletter, and other stuff can be found at eroticawakening.com. Nice. And we will be traveling soon. We've got Allentown... PA coming up and Central, uh, Central New, New Jersey, Jersey, West Virginia. I think we're going to be in Arizona oh, next year. I got to lock that one in. Yeah, I got to write that one back today. So awesome, awesome. So we'll be around so over the next couple of months. We will not be in uh, places like France or India or New Zealand, to the best of our knowledge. But oh. many of our listeners are f- from these places. So, for example, today we our question of the day came from France. It did, it did. So, and new subscribers to the newsletter, JT (laughs) from Detroit. Lady O from Arizona. Bala from India. Shona from New Zealand. Mindy from West Michigan. And Bast Anubis Spawn from Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Louisiana. I had the Baton Rouge show locked in. (laughs) I forgot to say Louisiana. Louisiana. So, and it's not, it's not Louisiana, it's Louisiana, I think, I'll if I'm pronouncing that right. Head I had down a, there and find out for I myself. had a lot of uh, uh, Louisiana clients with As it happens, job. I was uh, riding the motorcycle around today, and, mm-hmm. or not today, over the weekend, and came across a Louisiana Cajun restaurant oh, nice. out there on Main Street. Didn't even know it existed. So we'll go ask him how to say it. Awesome, awesome. So... And, and we still like to talk about Bad Dragon, don't we? Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Bad Dragon. What's your fantasy? Bad Dragon sells a variety of sex toys, dildos, masturbators, and adult accessories based on fantastic creatures. At Bad Dragon, we're proud to offer a variety of sizes for our models to help you find the right fit for yourself. Some of our models even range from mini all the way up to extra large. To get an appreciation for the great possibilities, you have to visit bad-dragon.com. Do it. Go nice. visit them. Nice. You still have one of those sleeves on your desk, don't <laughs> you, know. sir? Somebody bought that from an auction and they didn't pick it up. And the last thing before we get into our interview with JT, Don, 3,100,091, Wow. That is the number of downloads of the Erotic Awakening podcast. Yep, you kinky fuckers have downloaded this podcast over 3 million times now. Good grief. <laughs> I love it. So if one day you end up being non-kinky and wanted to leave your evil ways behind, there's seven years of evidence of who you are. <laughs> there's a lot more evidence than that. <laughs> Earlier, we had a 
podcast listener write in with wanting to know about some of the challenges around being a male submissive. Well, I don't know nothing about that, but fortunately, my good friend JT is very skillful about such a thing, and he's going to come on and talk to us about some of those challenges. JT, do I remember correctly? Are you in Chicago, or is that just... Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Last time I saw you was... Good gosh, you and I both get around. I, where are you from? I am from Detroit. Detroit, right on. Uh, if I remember correctly, you have been in Master Hank's class. I have. been my male submissive, at least for an hour and a half. Yes, that was, a, that was actually a pretty... Uh, that was sort of the moment for me that I started looking into MS over DS as a distinction. It was after that okay. class. Well, well, good, I think. But let's let's start at the beginning. So, how do you self-identify when it comes to uh, either kink or power exchange land? Um, so, I would, so I say that I'm on a slave path. Um, I know there's disagreements, and I think you guys are more on my side on this. Is because I haven't been a slave, I have a hard time claiming that label. But that's mm-hmm. the path that I'm on, and that is what I hope to achieve in the future: is, is slavehood of some some manner, some sort. Okay, and and you are uh, you do identify as a as a male? Yep. So male, cis male, uh, pansexual, um, and sadomasochist. So, I mean, I'm I'm just uh, just as uh, fond of of beating the crap out of people as getting beat in in terms of play. So, uh, but my primary interest in this in the leather community and less so the BDSM community these days is uh, is power exchange or or authority exchange, which. I think is a slightly more fitting personally. So as a, and I have met you, you are not, you're a, a manly man. You've got the big shoulders and a big chest and hulking muscles and all that kind of stuff. How do you, have, did you, is it challenging when you feel or perceive yourself as a submissive male? I mean, we are both born in America, right? Where this is not what we're taught to be submissive, especially not to the ladies. Yeah, so I, you know, I've struggled with that, uh, and you know, I've I've not seen, you know, and a lot of that comes out with others in terms of, you know, feminization and sissification, which have never been, uh, in my ballpark, never been my kinks at all. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the people that do that. So, so sort of like, how do you how do you take masculinity, and and make it submissive? I don't think that there's a, you know, clearly we have we have, you know, ten thousand years of of gender roles that you have to work through. Um, mm-hmm. and I could, I could go on a, a rant about gender for two hours, so we should probably not, uh, get into that discussion too deep. Um, cause I have an academic interest in, in uh, in gender query, uh, gender and queer theory as well. Okay. So what was it like for you to make that, to make that, this, that journey to identifying as a, as a submissive, as a male? Yeah, it didn't, I guess it didn't seem like it was, I don't think it was a hard decision to make. I mean, when I found the community, I, you know, I was, I identified as a, as a sub pretty early on and that, that was never the concern for me, at least like internally coming to terms with it. It was, or internally coming to terms with the fact that at least that I, as a masochist and, you know, and I like to be, you know, topped in bed, I guess taking on the service stuff took some more time. Um, and originally, I didn't really consider myself a, a you know a service sub, which I would now. Um, it's yeah, I don't. It's it's hard to say where that 
or that turning point, I think it's, it's a, as you learn more and you get more self-confident um, and you're surrounded by people that support you, uh, is probably the biggest thing is when you're, when you're out on this on your own or you're out on the internet and you haven't, you know, you haven't been to a, to a much before and you don't know what it's like to, for other male submissives, you don't know what, what they're like or whatever, and then you, you have a lot of ideas, um, that are often wrong. Um, and so finding the community and realizing that you're supported and realizing that you can be friends and you aren't going to be ridiculed, uh, is I'm sure a big part of that. Um, and especially in the leather community where I find that to be more the case than, than the BDSM community. Have you had any situations where people, where you, when you've identified as a male submissive where people have, other males have looked over you like, oh, okay, so you're just a submissive. I don't have to give you a level of respect or I don't have to, or any kind of negative response. Not, not, not negative. I would not say that I have any negative response at all. At, at, at worst, I would say neutral. Like, uh, you know, a friend of mine now, um, you know, when he first met me, I don't think he knew, like, how to handle me. Like, he didn't know what to, how to how to talk to me or, or whatever because he hadn't met someone like me before. Or maybe he had, he also had, you know, unfortunate uh, perceptions of what male subs were like. Um, and it took a little bit of time, but, you know, we're, you know, we're good friends now. Uh, but in terms of anyone being like, ew, or that's disgusting, or what's wrong with you, or how could you? I've never had any of that, uh, certainly in the real world. It, um, not even from yourself? Do you never look in the mirror and say, man, what kind of, am I, a, am I some kind, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, I'm just, yeah. you know, have you looked in the mirror and go, geez, what a pussy. How come I can't be a tough guy like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone or something? Yeah, that, you know what? Never, never get in your head? So from a, it's interesting because from a physical strength like a Sylvester Stallone or whatever, is I can totally be that guy, and I have been that guy, and I can be that guy, and I think that has nothing to do with submission, which is maybe the point of, of why I'm here and talking to, to you know, whoever wrote in and, and other people facing the same stuff, yeah. is I'm not as, is, is it's not like I'm walking around in the world like kissing women's boots whenever I pass them, and you would have no idea that I identify as a submissive, um, and even though I'm very out uh, about being kinky, um, you know, people just automatically assume when they hear about that, they, they think, they assume I'm a dominant because of you know, because we have a lot of uh, internalized ideas of what gender means. Mm -hmm. Now, you'd mentioned earlier about attending some of these events. And like, so for example, uh, here at the space in a couple of weeks is an event called Enclave. It's 100%. Um, in this case, it's female-led uh, relationships to with their, uh, and I believe it's all male submissives. I'm not positive. I'd have to actually go look that up. But you'd mentioned how not. important... Oh, it's not? No. I mean, 90% of them are, but it's not but rules-wise or, or what it's... Okay, anyway. okay. Yeah. So you've mentioned before how important it was to be around other people at events like that and see that, you know, when it comes to male submissives, it's not um, a stereotypical... I don't even know what the stereotypical male submissive is because I know so many non-stereotypical male submissives. So... Uh, so going to events like that was was that eye opening for you? Yeah, um, and I and you know I jumped in right away. I mean I was a, I went to a play party before I ever went to my first munch, um, so I had, had already bought them for someone before uh, before I'd met them for coffee. You know, um, so going so going to that stuff and you're seeing it and just sort of how it's all open and um, you know especially the mixed. You know I, I went to Enclave last year, uh, which was my first 
and I think I've been to one CFNM party, uh, clothed female nude male party, uh, in the past, right. and that wasn't that was a little a little bit outside of my comfort zone, um, uh, because I, I prefer my power exchange to be more, uh, a little more one on one than I felt in there, but. Um, but mixed, like mixed gender and like most normal play parties, it's a mix of people and you got some guy and he, he's naked and he's getting beat and then he's done and he gets up and he goes and talks to his Donly Dom masterly master friend and they're having a drink or they're having a glass of water or a smoke and a cigar and like nothing happened. And, you know, it just, it's just, a, it flows naturally. And, and once you, once you're in that community for a little while, at least in my experience, it's, uh, there's no problems. Okay. Now you, you had mentioned that you're on the path to being a slave. What does that mean to you? So a path to be, so I, what I would like is, is the, both the, the ritual and the reality of being a collared slave, which for me means serving a master, which in this case I use as a gender neutral title as it's often used in, in, in leather mm -hmm. is serving, serving a master with whom, um, I have also a romantic and life-building relationship with, um, and and giving them, uh, you know, as all or as all as realistically possible control over my life, um, to be able to serve them to make to make my life's you know goal to make their life more happy uh, and easier, um, and such things like that. Now you'd well, mentioned that's, uh, uh, that's not the most eloquent description, but. I liked it. <laughs> now you mentioned uh, master from a gender gender neutral. Do you give a do you do you have a preference to female led or male led or do you care one way or the other? Um, I think in theory I don't care. Uh, in in historically I've only served women, um, and and in terms of sex and play. I'm, I'm pansexual and I play with people and have sex with people regardless of gender, but I have not found myself, except maybe for that 90 minutes with you, have not found myself interested in, in serving a man before. I guess I'm not opposed to if the right person came along, but that's not generally what I seek out. Uh, and that's very kind of you to say it. I, I appreciate that. Um, okay, well, one more question for you, if you don't mind. What's your personal as you continue along your way right what's your next step what's next in your journey that you want that you're looking at so you know what i need to do next for me to continue on my path here's where i'm going next so so right now and, and because i've been a little bit away from the community directly the, uh, the last few months is i'm really focusing on doing the things that previously I was looking for out of, you know, things I was looking for out of a, out of a master things. I was like, well, here's some things I could use help with. And so I want the discipline to do it. Yeah. You know what? I should be able to do that myself. And yeah, it's helpful to have someone do that. So I'm really focusing on mental and physical health. Um, I've gotten very active, uh, in a, in a Zen Buddhist Sangha the last, you know, they already are like, Hey, we want you on the board. Um, and I've been going there five months. So, um, so working on a lot of other aspects of my life, my career, and all the other things that will make me uh, a more attractive uh, slave to someone in the future instead of focused on directly becoming more slave-like in the terms of like learning how to serve coffee or something. Okay. Very cool. 
All right, well, JT, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you and interact with you and, and get to hear your perspective, and I, I appreciate your vulnerability. Yep. Uh, can, I, can I plug my blog real quick? Please do. Uh, sexandslavery.com, which is absolutely insane that that was available because I bought it like a month ago, and I don't know no how that was available. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've moved my blog over there and started blogging again, so... Fantastic. What was the last thing you posted? Um, a book review for How to Find a Dominant Woman that an online friend uh, just released like two days ago. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah. I should, I, I'll, I'll send you a copy of Living MS and you do a book review on that one. I own it. So maybe I ah. should just read it now that I've okay. had it for a couple of years and haven't opened it. So maybe I'll we'll do that oh, and okay. do a book review. Master Hank is not going to be happy to hear that. I know. I'm not talking to Master <laughs> Hank right now, though. <laughs> Good point. All right, JT, thank you very much. Yep, have a good day. Our end music is provided by Pocket Universe. We're currently listening to a song called Win. We don't have an official EA Twatter this time around either. The person we've seen most recently is the Tasha Bear. And the most current sender of tentacles is from Ohio Hedgehog. The provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer and the Good Witch of the North. And the official food that goes on booths is still the Krispy Kreme Donuts, the Cheesecake, and the Skittles. Though, I bet if I got now and later, Katie might show you some food on booths. I would. I've been looking <laughs> for some now and later. <laughs> Bye, Dom. Bye, Dan.